0: This World Series Futures and Game 1 Picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added pick and scorches where you can win 100x, that's right, turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use the promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus, up to $500. We're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HUFbets.com. Use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, NBA is back and so is the NBA Gambling Podcast. To celebrate, we're giving away an NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog for all of the details. Welcome everybody to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, October the twenty sixth, and we are here. I forgot what month it was then. That's, I got the twenty sixth down. I got the month wrong, Scott. I can't do anything right for doing wrong. Um, we are here to have a look at the World Series at this fall classic time. Eventually. Um, joining me to have a look at the World Series features and Game 1, uh, which is on Saturday, um, is Mr. Scott Reichel. Scott, hey, how are you? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, definitely not the series
1: we all expected to see about two weeks ago after Philly was up 2 nothing, and we saw uh, Texas potentially blow a 2 nothing lead and they ended up rallying. But either way, nice job by the Dimebacks and the Rangers to get the job done. Looking forward to the World
0: Series. Yeah, we eventually got some some lead changes some come from behind wins because it had been there been a lack of um a lack of that beforehand and we had commented on it so it is it um an unusual uh, was the right word maybe an unusual matchup in the World Series uh Arizona one-time winner Texas have never won it um and these teams really have come from nowhere obviously having a little look around to try and Make some notes and pick some winners, do some research. Uh, two years ago, Scott, the two records of these teams, you like a bit of trivia off the top of your head. How many games did Arizona win in 2021?
1: 2020, so two years ago. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with 74. 52. Okay. 52.
0: Right. It's like a 327 average or something. And many, same season, how many games did Texas win? They are probably pretty bad, too. Uh, I'll go with 61. Oh, he's at the post. 60, Scott. Not bad. I'll give you that one. You can have... I'll give you one and a half on this spread. Yeah, 52-win uh, team and a 60-win team. Um, two years later, fighting it out in the playoffs. And um, we haven't spoke since, I think, we handicapped the game six or game seven last week. And the Diamondbacks did exactly what they had to do. Um, we said Carroll had to hit. I think he was one for 15 in that series. And he came out and did it. Um, they fielded well. They ran well. They did the things that they that they have to do. I was really, I was delighted for Brandon Fart because kind of been on him all year and knew he had it in him. Um, and then I mentioned that I liked the bullpen. Obviously, we'll, we'll look at all of these things in a little while. Um, but they've got several good playoff appearances between them and managed to put it off again um, in game game six and game seven. Uh, between them really so yeah good effort at that from the d back Scott
1: yeah I mean I feel like you Carroll was the guy who kind of set the tone for game seven when him when yeah. he went what was it three for three initially with a sack fly I think that was his first forward bats but he finally stole some bases. They finally let him run. I've been telling I've been asking about to it, steal didn't you? the entire series and then he stole two bases in game seven and one of them set up the insurance run. Uh, with the Moreno single the next to bat because he had an RBI single on the top of the fifth with two outs, then stole second, then ended up scoring in that uh, same half inning. So Carroll did his part. Marte won NLCS MVP. I know Munaf and I basically said, if you like the Dimebacks to win game seven, just bet Marte to win the MVP because they're not going to give it to anybody else. And that was plus 340. So that got was there. It wow. It's plus well, 340. Right? So that worked out. I, for the Phillies, I did a give out Wheeler to win the MVP at about 10-1. to one. It was a good game script because he did pitch. The problem was the Phillies couldn't score, so they ended up losing the game. I touched upon it in the Game 7 breakdown. I did lean to the Diamondbacks plus the money because I thought the price was too high. You can't win series if you, if you only rely on solo home runs. Philly could not score any other way besides hitting home runs, and it just so happens that nobody was on base for a lot of those home runs. We saw Boehm, for example, hit the solo blast in Game 7. And that was basically it. They didn't do anything offensively for the last, I don't even know, five six innings in that game. They went yep. one for ten with run scoring position. Turner did nothing for the last three games. Harper did nothing either. He missed that meatball right down the middle, which he should have crushed. But that turned out to be a an inning-ending pop up. And uh, yeah, Schwarber didn't do anything either. So a lot of the high salary guys did nothing. But the real story for me, once again, Philly could not score. Unless it was a home run, and they stopped hitting home runs, so there we go.
0: Um, I've got a little opinion here, Scott. One of the things that I've said for three years on this show is that I don't have the baseball history in my life, so I don't get to have takes on things like managers and this team annoy me. This well, you team don't, don't takes on it now because you destroyed
1: your own credibility. You got to not say that and then give your opinion.
0: Well, so what and this is it. I then I've started accumulating baggage, things are starting to attach themselves to me. And on the game six and game seven, Scott, I thought the Philly fans were terrible. Um, bear in mind that was one of the I don't know how what percentage you would attribute the success to the fan base, might be five percent, it might be one percent. I don't know, but they just simply give up. Um, on in game six, they gave up pretty early on. And then in game seven, they just seemed they almost like it was like they wanted to lose so they could be angry. Um, and that was really that's the first time in six years watching baseball I've had an opinion about the fan base. So I can see where this is going now. In ten years, I'm just gonna be as bitter and twisted as everybody else. I'm assuming you saw
1: the clip of the random street guy interviewing yeah, yeah. the fans <laughs> after the game.
0: It was brilliant, really good. Well, I sat through that last night because I went to the Newcastle Dortmund game and Newcastle lost. And the our, our support was terrible last night against PSG. The fans made, and this is kind of why I noticed it. The fans make a huge difference at Newcastle last night. Was from the minute we walked in the ground, was noticeably different. Um, and well, to I be think fair,
1: the PSG game was what your first Champions League home game in like yeah. twenty years. Like that's a yeah. bit of a different actual. Does the stakes are a bit different for that one than the other? Yeah,
0: yeah. that's what I thought. It effort, that's right. I mean. it the second game, and it just wasn't quite as yeah. exciting.
1: Well, and i you make like, a comp between the Newcastle one and the Phillies game seven, which was the other team, the away team, just took the energy out of the building. Newcastle didn't generate any chances. I don't want to turn this into a full soccer pod, but Newcastle just got thoroughly outplayed and it felt like Borussia put the pressure on, and they really just sucked the life out of the, out of the stadium. And I feel like yeah. that's what Arizona did early on. Philly had a chance early on when Rojas ended up stranding the bases loaded with the strikeout in the bottom of the fourth. Then you ended up having the two runs from Arizona in the top of the fifth. And from that point forward, Philly didn't really do anything. But it felt like Philly had a couple chances to get the crowd heavily involved and to deliver the death blow, and they didn't do it. And at some point, the fan base is going to also notice that nobody on the entire team is getting clutch hits. Or in Newcastle's case, you might hit the post a couple times, but nobody's scoring. And the energy is just not there because you're kind of viewing the doomsday scenario. And I feel like it just made the entire venue a downer at that point.
0: Yeah, it was a definite comparison. And I think you noticed it more with Philly because of how they are, the, the fact that it, it, this atmosphere had been made into something that was actually contributing to their success. So when it's absent, it's more noticeable than if they were just in Tampa or Miami or wherever the hell else it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was definitely noticeable. I would, like, we need someone to be able to put a scientific... Well, I do want to ask you, what percentage of
1: crowds in any sport are basically front runners? Where if things are going well, the entire crowd is going crazy. And when things go poorly, you can hear a pin drop. I feel like that's a common case in a lot of sports. And it just felt like Philly, it kind of started in game six. They just kept noticing, oh, none of these guys can hit with guys on base. And they kept waiting for that one moment to happen, to blow the roof off the building. And it never happened. And eventually the fuse blew. That's kind of how I look at it.
0: Yeah, I I I think it's a bit of an illusion. Um, because it's very easy when you're winning. Uh, with this so a common song that gets sung um, in in English football grounds is you only sing when you're winning. Um, and it's yeah, and it, I, I do think that's an illusion. That it's a bit like sort of team spirit is an illusion. It's really easy when you're winning. It's really easy to slap each other on the back and ruffle each other's hair and dance and sing and do the sprinkler, whatever Baltimore is doing. When you're getting beat. That's not. It's not as easy. It almost looks flippant if you if you're doing that. So I, yeah, I do think these things. They're just, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sporting fallacy. It's a bit of a fan uh, a fandom fallacy. But yeah, that was an interesting comp between um Philip. But I do I just laughed at myself because I wouldn't normally notice that shit, um, and I've started noticing it. And it's the, it must be num- the number of years into my journey to start to notice things about fan bases and, and managers and things like that So
1: Um, I'm just saying, I'll give Philly's fan base a little bit of slack because I think most fans in that situation would have also been really quiet when your team scores three runs at home in two must-win games, basically. So I I get it, but the crowd was underwhelming. But the the team, to be fair, didn't really give them much to cheer about for the last two games. That's my point.
0: Absolutely. Um, Okay, we'll do some World Series futures first, Scott. Let's uh, talk about underdog fantasy first. Um, underdog introduced scorches. so if you go five for five and pick them scorches, you can enjoy your spicy 100xp out for a limited time underdog extending the first deposit bonus is back up to five hundred dollars we have one hundred thousand dollars sundays continuing every week 10 lucky players winning 10 grand each and um, scott what's the um underdog nfl play uh, tonight yeah, so I ended up cashing the Kirk Cousins
1: interception one for you last time. You so I'll go, back. Yeah, you I'll it go right. back to it. You Give me allowed. Baker Mayfield interception.
0: Baker Mayfield interceptions, writing that down right now. Um, watch along, make your picks, may be make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. Uh, when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit for $500. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. Uh, NBA is back as well I was talking to two lads in the pub last night who were big NBA fans um, NBA Gambling Podcast I plug to them Scott um, and we're giving away a hoodie um, head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com NBA Dog uh, submit a screenshot of you playing NBA underdog use the promo code SGPN in one round and when it gets that NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA Dog a bit quiet in the chat tonight, people doing other stuff maybe on a Thursday. Captain was here though, uh, Captain was rooting for my Arizona Tiger backs, I got my D-backs hat on still, um, so yeah, ex- quietly excited, I'm trying not to talk about it too much to jinx it. For, for the series, Arizona plus 155 and Texas are minus 175. The first thing I think, looking at that, is that the odds are wrong Scott. I think the odds should be much closer together. Um, Fangraphs, I think Fangraphs, you'd see a pretty trusted source. Um, if they're going to crunch the numbers, um, they're going to do it better than most other people. They've got the odds at 51.8% Texas, 48.2% Arizona. Should pretty much be minus 105, plus 105, maybe even closer, uh, plus 102 kind of thing. So I think the odds are too far apart. Um now, looking at it, by category, I mean, there's other shows and there's other people who will look at compare the starting pitches, compare the lineup, compare the pen. I'm not doing it. For a start, that would have got you nowhere in this postseason, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you'd done that, you'd be about two for 12 or what have you. You have two and wild card that. teams in this World Series. So you would have been. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, yeah. And the fact is, the books have done that for you and came up with these prices. So that's pretty much fact in it. If you're going to do that, you're going to come. Down on the sides of wherever the boots are um, I think what you have to do really is just find some players that you like, find an angle that you like and just pretty much stick with it Like um, the first, obviously I'm, I would take Arizona, I don't have to I've got a better ticket, but I would, I would back Arizona at plus 155 um, I think they're absolutely live the price is far too big Um, Like I say, I think Fangraphs have got it right. It's closer. Um, There's a couple of plays that I like. First of all, a bit of a fun bet here, Scott, um, that would have cashed in both championship series. If you back both teams to win from behind, um, so I don't know what people's unit sizes or what have you, but you can take both teams here. So Arizona to win from behind are plus 350, and the same bet for Texas is plus 275. So, if you, pay, if you play them both, effectively, Texas um, pays plus 205 and Arizona pays plus 225. So, you can bet both teams to win from behind. You've then instantly got a dog in the fight. Um, possibly after, you could end up with both dogs in the fight. If a team goes 1 0 up and then 2 1 down, you can end up with both teams. Um, so, I think that's a fun way of getting into the game. Um, and I think Arizona in seven, Scott. We've just seen two seven game series. Um, Arizona to win 4 3 um, is a price of six to one. Um, so they would be my sort of two immediate outright players. I think we're going to see lots of runs. I think it's going to be an over series. The bullpens are both dodgy. I like the the matchups are good. We've got, I mean, the, the matchups are going to repeat. It's effectively Galen Yavaldi, Kelly Montgomery, Fart Scherzer. Then game four will be bullpen v Heaney. So bullpen v bullpen, because Heaney won't last. And then we repeat that. The The same, the top three go on repeat again. And I think there's going to be runs. We've seen Texas are great at getting amongst it. The bullpens haven't got great stats, but I do like how Arizona have been. Arizona's bullpen in the second half and in the playoffs has been really, really good. The. They've had several good playoff appearances. Texas, not quite so much. Um, and my final angle in here um, is going to be uh, a road wins ladder, Scott. We saw lots of road wins in the championship series. Um, you can take over like, two no, and a half. Nobody won a home game in the
1: Rangers series. Nobody won a home game.
0: Yeah, at these prices, man, they jump off the board. Over two and a half road wins is minus 105. And then let's get the little step ladder out, Scott. Over three and a half road wins is plus 375. And over four and a half road wins is 9 to 1. We could fill our boots on over four and a half road wins at 9 to 1. So, yeah, I've got loads of different angles in, if any of them blow your skirt up. Um, Yeah, that's how I would look at it. Scott, you... Yeah, well, a lot of those
1: props you have are correlated because you have it going longer. So the fact that you need a bunch of road wins means you need a very long series because it's impossible for you to actually cash that unless the series goes to like six or seven. So I think the series is going to be competitive. I am in a link to Texas. Uh, I think it's going to be very close, though. If I had to pick an exact outcome, I would take Texas in six. A reminder, it is going to be a 2-3-2 format like we saw in the last series. So Texas gets games 1 and 2 and games 6 and 7. And you're going to see Arizona with games 3, 4, and 5. So if Arizona does steal one of the first two games, in theory, they could win the series without having to go back to Texas, which would be a big deal. So just keep that in mind. I'm going to link to Texas. I just think the offensive firepower is a little bit too potent, in my opinion. I know Philly was kind of the same boat entering the series, but they are so home run dependent that it was not exactly shocking that they fell apart once the home runs weren't there. Texas isn't really like that. They have the power, but they also can generate key hits all the way through the order. Philly was also pretty top heavy. When you're looking at the likes of uh, Schwarber, Turner, I know kind of vanished late, but Harper as well. The bottom part of the order, I liked Marsh, but Bowman, Stott didn't do anything for me. Castellanos was terrible. Rojas was a free out pretty much the entire series. I just think Texas is a deeper lineup than Philly. And I do think that even though you can make some arguments about Texas bullpen and about Scherzer, who is the massive wild card in the series, I still trust Montgomery. I still trust Yavaldi. Gallon is starting game one on the road. That has not always gone well for him. He has not exactly been great on the road this season. I'm picking Texas in six. I think they'll finish it at home. I think it's going to be a competitive series, but I do think eventually Bochi finds a way to win again, and I think Texas wins. I'll go with minus one and a half games at plus 120.
0: So Texas on the handicap. Yeah, you're right. Texas do hit all the way down, and we've said that. We've made a point. That's one of the the things we've been high on about Texas all season, all the way down. Dude. Like to like say their weakest hitters, Scott, are league average hitters. Yeah, and you can't say you can't say that about the Phillies. You can't say you've just mentioned Rule people like that. They're way below league average. Uh, Tavares, um, Jonah Haim, uh, even Robbie Grossman, lefty specialist. They're league average hitters. Um, Arizona, the obviously the key to that is. Fam to Walker to Moreno to Guriel, Cor- Corbin, Carol, and Marte, We know what they're about. But if that little uh, the, the supporting cast there, Fam Walker Moreno Guriel, have to join in because Carol and Marte won't be able to do it. It's not Marty and Walker. Walker. I think I think so, Walker
1: is the big X factor for this team.
0: He's yeah, he can hit it out. The rest of them are very much bits and bobs. What Marty is on is no fluke at all. Um He's a proper switch hitter. He hits equally well from both sides. Corbin Carrick can do everything. I mean, Marty had a six-win year in 2019. Well, Marty has the all-time pick.
1: record. He has the most hits cons- in consecutive games to start a playoff career. He has 16 um, hits. He's had a hit in his first 16 playoff games, which is the all-time record. So I didn't
0: know that. Good knowledge. You like a good start. Brando's in. Brando wants the D-backs. Uh, Brando, evening. How are you doing? In TV, DVG is tardy, but we'll let him off. Uh, good evening, Trev. Um, yeah, I mean, no fourth starter for Arizona. They go in with Kelly, uh, Gallon Kelly, farts and then it was Joe Mantaply, wasn't it? Followed by everybody else in Game 4. But And then in, in Texas, third start, you said Max Scherzer. So there's, there's a lot of questions around Zach Gallon hasn't been as good in the second half or in the playoffs. Arizona need two good Zach Gallon starts as well. Um, that, that's really, really important. Um, but yeah, I love all of it. It's very exciting. So I'm taking Arizona. Uh, Scott's on the other side. Um, I had a question. I had a question for you, by the way. Yes? What are
1: your thoughts on Gallon's uh, little Twitter drama with the uh, Philly fans? If you know what I'm talking I about.
0: I've not seen it. What happened?
1: So Philly's fans, I think they were commenting on like an Arizona like celebratory post of something we made the World Series, whatever. And Philly fans were complaining. And then he sent a picture of like a ticketing app with tickets to Philly spring training. And he said, have fun a couple of months, which I thought was pretty amusing. I guess the yeah. question that I have though, is can you really chirp if you lost both your starts?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course you can. You think yeah. you can? Okay. I'm, I'm, just wondering. I the,
1: I, I'm a big fan of the chirp. It was great. There was a photo of like the ticket prices for spring training in April, but gallon kind of sucked in that series. And I wanted your thoughts. If that's actually,
0: yeah, fine. Absolutely fine. in fact, it makes it a little bit better that he sucked, and still, was yeah, I kind of respect here. it, but I wanted to ask. Yeah, I just yeah. thought that was amusing. Absolutely no problem with that at all. Um, MVP, Scott, do you have any World Series MVPs? I feel like, once again, it's a spot where this
1: World Series MVP could go to anybody if they end up getting a really hot bat. Garcia is going to be the pretty massive favorite because he's viewed as being the team leader. So I do think, once again, he delivers the home runs. He completely took over that Astro series with that grand slam. Yeah, and never did happen after that. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm saying he's going to be the favorite. So if I had to pick somebody who was not going to be the favorite, I like Evan Carter. Yes. Big fan Grant. of his game. I think he's just a solid overall player. He can make the occasional big catch in the outfield. I'm not sure if fielding matters for these awards, but he's been a very good outfielder. If he makes a couple of diving catches and he hits at the plate, I do think that you're looking at a good spot for him to maybe sneak in and steal it. Not to mention the fact Carter's also been just an incredible hitter uh, throughout the entire postseason. Had the big double with the bases loaded, I think, midway through Game 7. So if you wanted to pick for each team, I'd go with Carter for the Rangers and for the Diamondbacks. I'm not going to pick Marte because that's too chalky.
0: You know what? I think I am going to go Christian Walker. Okay, so we've got Christian Walker is eighteen to one. And Evan Carter is also eighteen to one. Um, I'll tell you why I know Evan Carter's price, because he was one I've got three picks, Scott, and Evan Carter was my top one. Um bit of a little comp was it uh, Jeremy Penny won this last year, I think, didn't he? Um came out of nowhere. I mean, it'd have been a huge price. I've got three big prices here. Evan Carter's the shortest price I've got. uh, because it's cool to pick big price winners. Um, yeah, Marty Garcia, Carol, etc., all really choky. Evan I Carter guess for the your guys
1: is gonna be. You're taking Alec Thomas.
0: No, we are not. Really? Oh, no, yeah, but I am yeah. surprised. I thought you were gonna take yeah, Alec really, Thomas. Really, the, pick, the person I picked is even worse than Alec Thomas. Um, so Evan Carter at eighteen to one. Um Nate Low at 40 to one. Um you picking Nate Low are you going 16 hits week, two home runs for Nate low and at 66 to one, Scott, I guess Longoria. Padermo, That's my final guess. I, I guess Longoria, Geraldo Paduomo is the answer.
1: Oh, that was my next guess. Okay.
0: Right. Now he is rubbish. I've written that down. Um, he kind of says that, uh, he bats nine. He's sort of that second table set a little bit. Um, sometimes these people come out of nowhere. He's had back to back to back two hit games. um, He's had back-to-back playoff games with home runs earlier this, um, against the Dodgers, I think. So he can be a little bit streaky. He's a gigantic price. 66-1 is the in price at the minute. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take uh, Evan Carter. I'll take Nate Low 40-1 to 1 Nate Lowe. Uh, six-game mid-streak, two homers. Um, and Geraldo Perdomo, because why not? Um, he's got the opportunity, and that is half the battle. Um, we're going to take you through game One. Um, I think I said at the top of the show, is Saturday, Friday night, Saturday morning. What day is it? Friday in America. Friday in America. That's what's confusing me, yeah. I said Saturday at the top, so I don't want anyone to miss the game. If you're listening to this, it is Friday where you are. It's Saturday morning uh, where I am. But we'll go through it after I tell you about Hall of Fame bets, helping people win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season. Um, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Uh, research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data uh, and uh, any parlay into Hall of Fame bets. Revolutionary parlay optimizer, and you get hit rates broken down by a leg, expected probabilities for the parlay. You can sort players by hit rate, and learn which players have the best value. Stop it in the dark. Showing over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hfbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Uh, World Series MVP picks in the chat. Captain Insano votes for uh, Gabe Montero. Um, Brando has gone for Corbin Carroll. TV, TV, Jays gone for farts um, and Game Moreno as well. I didn't like Moreno. Johnny Junder, our Canadian friend, has been absolutely losing his shit about uh, Moreno because he's a Blue Jays fan and the whole varshaw Moreno thing. And it's yeah. sentimental. I feel like I need to reach out to Johnny because uh, he's been absolutely obsessed. He's slowly unravelling before our eyes on Twitter. Uh, it's quite funny. Um, Game one, Arizona with Zach Gallen or plus 145. Texas with Nathan Yavaldi. They've swapped Yavaldi and Montgomery over. Um, don't know why. You might be able to tell us, Scott. Texas minus 166, and the total is set at eight. Uh, firstly, have you got any reason for that switch? Or yeah, Montgomery because... pitched in game seven. Oh, did he really? Okay, I yeah. missed that.
1: Uh, started? Oh uh, No, out
0: of the bullpen. Ah, it was okay. really bad, and they piggybacked. Of course. All right, okay, I understand that. I see I missed that. That's one of the one of the highlight things I didn't catch you on. So, Ivaldi goes. The total is set at eight. Um, Scott, lead us off.
1: Yeah, so no offense to Gallon. I do really appreciate the taunting, but I am going Rangers on the run line here. I, I think Ivaldi a phenomenal big game pitcher. I think that he's just a very good postseason pitcher, and he has been his entire career. I trust him, just simply put. And Gallon, so far this postseason, has been... Not great, to be honest. Now, I'm not saying that they've won in spite of him, but you were hoping for more at this point. Gallon doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Facing off against Texas in Texas, not exactly a great remedy for that. I think that Gallon's going to struggle a bit. Texas did have an extra day off of rest because they played their game seven a day before. So I do wonder if that's going to help or hurt either side, but I think it's a pretty interesting scheduling spot. I'm just going to take Uvalde on the run line. I like plus money. Texas, very good at home. We know how good offensively they are. Gallon struggled with allowing home runs this postseason. But it's mostly just relying, relying on Uvalde. I like him a lot. I think Uvalde's a very good big game pitcher. And I think Texas, with the crowd, gets out to an early lead. We saw them get out to an early lead in every series they've been in. Uh, beat the Rays in game one on the road. We saw them beat the Astros in game one at home. I see a pretty, uh, game one on the road. I mean, I see a pretty similar story here. I think Texas, this is actually going to be the first time they've hosted game one of a series so far. I'll go with them to ride the home crowd. Give me the Rangers minus one and a half at around plus 125.
0: Yeah, you're right. Gallon has been shaky. He's given up two and three home runs um, in his last two starts. On so his way to giving up four and five earned runs in those two starts. So, home run props, we've just talked about. Um, Evan Carter is seven to one. Um, in fact, I think he's a bit bigger than seven to one. And Nathan- uh, Nathaniel Lowe's the same price. They're both hanging around the seven to one mark uh, to hit a homer, which is a big old price. Um, the first prop I liked was on Gallen, and it is an earned run prop. Um, it's over two and a half earned runs, like I say, four and five in his last two, and really, it's the entire second half. He's, he's had a good season, no question. Um, but this is a line that he can quite easily cover. And certainly Texas could cover this of anybody. So over two and a half earned runs off Zach Gallon. is a price of minus 116. Um, Nathan Yvaldi had two really solid starts against Houston. Experience, a lot of playoff experience. Playoff experience all over this Texas team, actually. Um, I wrote some stuff down before. I mean, you go back to Corey Seager, Dodgers 2020, Max Scherzer, Yvaldi with the Red Sox. Uh, will Smith is a back-to-back World Series winner, Eroldis <laughs> Chapman, and then Bruce Bochy, so there's that compared to the D-backs, uh, which is very much a bunch of sort of journeyman players, cobbled together. There's no reason not to think Evaldi will go well again here. Um, I didn't like any of the Evaldi props at all. As far as pitching props were concerned, it was strictly gallant. I'm going to take Arizona on the game because obviously I am. The total, I think, is too low. Um, eight. I think both... Pitchers can contribute, and certainly both bullpens can contribute here. If it's going to be an over-series, we need to start by getting one. I think we're going to see, start seeing eight-and-a-halves, halfs, 9s maybe even nine-and-a-halves by Monday, Tuesday next week. Um, in terms of a hitter uh, prop, I did find one that I liked, and that was Lotus Guriel Jr. Uh, rocking the purple hair at the moment for um, Arizona. He is 7-for-18 off Nathan yavaldi Scott. Uh, with two homers in 20 plate appearances. Um, plus 550 to hit a homer. I want to find an old hit line for him to find over half. But over one and a half total bases for Guriel is plus 160. Um, so, yeah, he was the one batter prop that I liked, Scott. Did you have anything else in that direction?
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go look at Seeger uh, for this one against Gallon. Seeger in his career is 7 for 21 with a walk in his uh, lifetime against Gallon. So I do think it's a good spot for Seager. Uh Either hits, runs, RBIs, something along those lines. He might hit a home run. I don't mind the home run. at like plus 340. Garcia home runs 255. That's too cheap for me. I tend to have a rule. I don't really take home run props that are below three to one. I just don't see much value on that. But uh, so far in his career, Garcia is 0 for for 5, actually, against uh, Gallen. If you want to go for the solely looking at batter versus pitcher stats, Marcus Semyon is 5 for 8 with two doubles against Gallon. He hasn't been that great this postseason, but if you want to go for that angle, then you can go with Simeon. Maybe Simeon run since he is the leadoff guy, and you think he's going to score. I don't mind that either, but I do think Seager hits, runs, RBIs is probably my favorite my uh, favorite prop for that game.
0: Um, Trebs mentioned Randy Johnson must be uh, throwing out the first pitch. I think uh, looking looking for a ninety five mile an hour heater from uh, from Big Randy. Um, I think we're covered, Scott. So I think we've done. Uh, do you have anything else for? Okay, game one, you want to point your swords?
1: Uh, not really. Just looking forward to the series. I'm happy it's on Friday, so it's not interfering with college football or anything like that. They timed it out perfectly. I appreciate it. I know for the WNBA finals, for example, they had game one on a Sunday to compete with the NFL. Like, Who do you think's going to be watching that? Like, I, I just feel like a lot of these leagues do such a bad job of scheduling the most yeah. important moments because football is going to dominate. Uh, the NFL is going to get all the ratings. It doesn't matter. So do whatever you can to not have your games on the same day as that. And the MLB putting it on Friday. It's perfect. It's a great start day.
0: The, all all these games start at the same time. And none of them are very helpful for me. I think um, there's a couple of start an hour sooner. So t- tomorrow's game will start at three minutes past one in the morning. Um, so I can maybe get the first hour, but I've, I'm away at the weekend. I'm at a wedding. I've got to travel, but and I think there's two, maybe game three and game four um, are scheduled for 12.03 a.m. rather than one oh three. So it helps a little bit, but there's no, there's no day at all. I thought, do they not stick a game on for the kids to go to and stuff during, during the World Series? Is that not
1: important? At school, it's the school year. So I'm sure the kids are kind of busy, but no, I, I got no idea. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough no clue um, okay. I, don't, I don't have any kids so at least none that I know about so I'm the wrong person to ask
0: the level of respect I get around here Scott 30 seconds ago Bob um, walked past the glass door just here breathed on it so there was a big mark of steam yeah. and then we were cock and balls in the steam and went to bed nice yeah 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 there you go that's uh, my 12 year old idiot um, right thank you very much Scott thanks everyone in the chat Looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, really excited, actually. A bit more invested than I have been in the last few years. So can't wait to get amongst it. Good luck with all your bets. Um, I'm guessing some type of show will be out Saturday, Sunday. Um, But, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we come. The thing to do is subscribe and uh, watch out for the notification. So enjoy the baseball. Good luck with all your bets, everybody. Thank you, Scott. And we will see you down the road. Cheers.